Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. And if you need a Bible, raise your hand and they'll hand one to you. Romans chapter 8, we're going to be starting at verse 18. 18 and we'll read through verse 25. Paul writes and he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Paul has previously talked about our being adopted into the family of God. In verse 15, He says, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. He's talked about us being brought into the family of God, and now he's talking about that adoption process, that waiting that's taking place. And with the growing comes the groaning. I remember when my kids were younger, for some reason it always happened when they were sleeping. And I've heard that that's when growth usually takes place, is when the kids are asleep. And they would start moaning and they'd say, oh, my legs hurt, my knees hurt. And you'd go in there and say, what's wrong? I don't know, my knees are just hurting, my legs are just hurting. And what's happening is their body is growing. They're having to deal with that, and their bones don't fully develop until they're in their late teens or early 20s. And so in that time, there is that growing that takes place, and that's why we get the term growing pains. I never experienced those. (laughs) Every now and then, my leg will start to hurt, and I'll go, good, it's happening now. (laughs) But no, now it's just old age and arthritis. And so they go through this time where they are growing and they're groaning. And Paul is explaining to us what is taking place, how there is a process that we are in that is going from this adoption to when that adoption process will be fulfilled and we will actually be the sons of God, the daughters of God. And it's interesting because he says, I consider... Knowing Paul, when he considers something, it's worth listening to. 
When he says, I consider something, we too should consider it. We too should think about it. We too should give it careful consideration and put some weight and thought in it. And what he says is, our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. If you want to talk about present sufferings, Paul had plenty. And I'm sure we have plenty too. I know that we go through our own difficulties, our own trials, our own hardship. And Paul says, I I think this way. This is what I think about it. I think that the present sufferings aren't worthy to be compared to. Now, that's a pretty heavy statement. They're not worthy to be compared. Don't even compare them. We're not talking apples to apples here. We're not dealing with the same thing. It's funny. Every now and then, my son, he works at a church, and he's in the audio department. And he'll tell me about a rough day that he had. He goes, oh, man, it was so hard today. I go, really? What happened? And he says, oh, man, I had to, you know, sit in this air-conditioned building, you know, for, you know, he doesn't say that. I'm, I'm filling in some of the blanks. You know, I had to sit in this air-conditioned building, you know, for 10 hours, and I had to move my cables all back and forth today. And I'm reminiscing about my days in construction when we are laying underground out in the 100-degree weather, you know, where we're digging trenches and taking pipe and putting it in, having to butt it up against other pipes. And as he's talking about his hard day, I'm thinking, it's not worthy to compare. with what I think work really is. But God bless him, he's got that job. And Paul starts off, and I want you to know that Paul was beaten, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was left for dead, he saw those close to him die. And in this mindset, he says, I think like this that the sufferings that I have gone through this present time can't compare with the glory. And then he says an interesting thing, a glory that shall be revealed in us. It's not the glory that is waiting for us. It's a glory that is already in us that will be revealed. Now, This is like Christmas. This is like you've got that present under the tree and you're waiting to unwrap it. And you might even know what it is. There was one year at Christmas, we got bikes. You can't wrap a bike. You know it's a bike. And the bikes were sitting in the room for months. We got them before, but we weren't allowed to ride them. Some torturous scheme that is. And so there are the bikes there in our room, and we'd sit on our bikes, and we, you know, you can't ride them too much in the house, you know. And so you would sit there, and man, we'd pretend we were riding our bikes, and we just couldn't wait for that day when we could take the bikes outside for Christmas morning, when it was that time when we'd be able to actually partake of this, when it would actually be revealed. It rained that Christmas. 
I remember. <laughs> but that anticipation, now I get to do this. Now I get to open the package. Do you realize that there is something that needs to be unveiled in you and I, that needs to be revealed in us? And you have a taste of it, but you haven't seen the fullness of it. And, and we've been seeing this throughout. Remember chapter 7, the battle that Paul talked about. Why is it that I don't do what I want to do, but what I want to do, that don't I do? What's going on, the struggle that he's talking about? Well, that's what we're living in. We're living in this momentum of the flesh. We're living in this world that has its corruption. And he's saying, one day that's not going to be there. And then you'll see what you are really supposed to be. Then it will be revealed. Our sister Cynthia it's been revealed to her. And we wait, and Paul says, you guys, you can't even compare. But what I want to think about is, consider this. It's already there. It just hasn't been revealed. That should make you think differently about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what it means to be adopted into his family. This glory that can't be compared to the sufferings of this world is already there. It just needs to be revealed. That should make you hunger and desire to think about what those things are and how they are going to be revealed within you. And to what degree should they be seen in you now? Because that is what's there. That is something that is already in there. When will it be revealed? Well, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. When will this whole creation come together as the creation is waiting for this glory to be revealed? Well, John tells us in 1 John chapter 3. See, it's going to be revealed in us, but it's also going to be something that is revealed in creation. In 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 1, John writes, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. I love that translation, has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known or revealed. But we know that when he appears, that's Jesus, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When he returns, it is going to be revealed not only in us, but in all of creation. When Jesus returns, things are going to be set right. Until that time, we are waiting. Until that time, creation is waiting. Until that time, there is this process where we are dealing with the expectation for that that's going to be revealed in us. In verse 20, it says, The creation was subjected to frustration, not on its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. When man fell, creation 
dealt with the consequences. It was a pollution that affected the entire world. Because man was supposed to be over those things, and when he fell, it affected everything. But when Christ returns, he's going to put everything back together. He's going to make things right. And he says in verse 21 that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So not only we, but creation around us. And I think it's interesting that Paul is even bringing this up. Why is he talking about creation? In verse 22, he says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. That all of creation is groaning. As if in childbirth. I remember when Corrine and I had our first two kids, because they were twins, we had it at one time. You like how I say when Corrine and I had our kids? It's like, I, yes, it was very hard on me. Uh, we went into the hospital. She was having labor pains, and we went in there, and she had the twins, and we went there. You know, I don't know how far the, they were apart, but she was able to endure. It was just a little bit uncomfortable, and we go into this room, and we're sitting there in the bed, and, you know, she's like, every now and then, she's like, yeah, ooh, and you can see that she, you know, winces. But down the hall, there's some lady. And we look at each other like, what's wrong with her? You know, man. And Corinne's all, this isn't that bad, you know. And it's, oh, yes, it will be revealed in you. But there came a time when that labor pain started to get intense and intensify more and more. So pretty soon, her whole body was aware. I would touch her and say, it's okay, honey. And she'd go, don't touch me. I'm like, oh, yes, dear, you know. And I, I knew that, you know, you had to be careful at those times because when your wife is delivering babies, you know, she might kill you if you are too close. And so... She began to experience the labor pains more and more and more. The contractions, they had that machine set up, you know, where the contractions, they'd show when they are. And I would be looking at the machine and go, oh, here comes one, hon. Here comes one, you know. She, yes, I know, you know. <laughs> Just thought I'd let you know. Look at the meter. <laughs> See, I was right there with her. Uh, but what's happening in labor pains? The body is trying to deliver this child. And creation is dealing with this, trying to deliver itself from the corruption. I don't think we realize the effect that sin not only has on us, but has on all of creation. Earthquakes happen, tsunamis, and I wonder if the earth is not laboring, if it's not revolting under the corruption that it's enduring. Sin never affects just one person, and here it's affecting all of creation. 
And I wonder what glory is going to be revealed because we can see some pretty amazing things. There are some places where the skies are blue all the time, where the mountains don't just show up seasonally, where they are there all the time and they're gorgeous. And we have those northern lights and like, what is that about? And my daughter loves to watch that Planet Earth DVD we got it for her. And it's amazing some of the things that you see. And you think these animals and this forest and this Arctic stuff. It's just amazing. And I wonder how it was all supposed to be before the corruption, before the fall. And I wonder if a lot of the things that we see taking place, such as hurricanes, as earthquakes, isn't the earth laboring with the fall of man? What degree it has affected all this planet? And Paul is saying, the earth, it can't wait. It can't wait. But neither can we. <laughs> because it's great. He goes on. It's groaning in verse 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, we have been adopted. The Spirit of God has come in. We are the children of God. We have not yet been revealed what's really inside of us, but we have the first fruits. The, the papers are signed. Everything is there. We're just waiting for Dad to come pick us up. And the first fruits, we ourselves, see if you can relate to this, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Can anyone identify with that groaning <laughs> that happens every morning now? It didn't used to happen, but ugh. I was telling. Gil, every time I, I play the box back here and I stand up, it's like, oh, <laughs> okay, that, what's happening? My body says, you ain't redeemed yet. I'm, I'm waiting for that redemption of this body. We all are. Now, I know if you're young and, and you know, in great shape, you're thinking, yeah, not me. Um, yeah, you wait. Uh, we all said that at one time, but you see, it's important that we understand that the redemption of our bodies has not yet taken place. It is still something that is future. We are still subject to the fall, and it still affects our bodies, and we will die. You know, this passage is, again, timely with all the things that have transpired and just seeing it visually in Cynthia as her body faded away, but she's been redeemed. The, the same thing is true for us. Years ago when I had become a Christian, there, I had shared Christ with a young man who was in a wheelchair. He had gotten in a car accident and was paralyzed from the waist down. 
and he became a, a follower of Christ, and it was great. He was, we'd take him out to Costa Mesa when they had concerts there on Saturdays, and he was doing great. And then some people told him that it was God's will that he would be healed. And they gave him a couple of verses, and they told him that, yeah, God wants everyone to be healed all the time. And so he heard some tapes, some studies, and in his mind, he was not going to stay in that wheelchair until he was healed. And he was going around saying, I'm healed already. I've got to confess it. I've got to confess it. I've got to confess it. Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we are healed. And he had these scriptures that he would utilize that were taken out of context and highlighted just this one portion. And it ended up devastating him. Because imagine being a young man and being told, you're going to be healed, you're going to be healed, and believing with all that you have that I am healed, I am healed, because who doesn't want to get up off of that chair? Who doesn't want to walk? And how long can you keep thinking that way? How long can you keep pushing that way and convincing yourself, yes, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, and still be confined to that wheelchair before finally you say, I can't take it anymore. And that time came where he finally says, I give up on this. And it was devastating to him. And it made me angry that someone would throw that burden on him when the scriptures say, you're still waiting for the redemption of your body. God does heal, but he doesn't all the time. And all of us are still subject to the frailty and the humanity that we deal with, our mortality. This corruption still waits to put on incorruption. It has not changed. We're waiting for that day. And that's what Paul is talking about. That's what we read about in 1 John 3 when the sun comes back. But until that time, we are waiting for this to take place. And it's good to have this perspective because, again, you have to consider this that the sufferings of this present time, you mean being in a wheelchair as a teenager? Do you mean dealing with cancer? Do you mean losing someone who you love? Do you mean you fill in the blanks of the suffering that is here at this present time? Paul says, I think this. You can't compare it. You can't compare it with the glory that will be revealed in you. You see, that young man needed to know that Hang on. You need to wait. And he says, verse 24, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently, or with perseverance we wait for it. You see, need to tell that young man and maybe you're in a situation where you're dealing with suffering and Paul the Lord would say to you you need to wait patiently you need to persevere you need to have hope and hope always speaks of the future you don't hope for what you already have you have it hope speaks of waiting and you hope with patience are we hoping with patience 
Are you dealing with the, the difficulties of your life with perseverance? Or are you throwing in the towel saying, this is too much for me? Paul says, I consider it, I see it this way. You can't compare it. It, it, you can't even put it on the same playing field with the glory that's going to be revealed in you. It's not equal. And we say, it doesn't feel equal. It doesn't feel like there's going to be a glory. That's not what I see. I am still dealing with this. Well, you're not alone. All of creation is dealing with it. It's travailing. It's frustrated. It's trying to get out of this. It's trying to expel itself from this. You're not alone. But you need to be patient. You need to persevere. You need to have hope that this redemption is coming for you, for me, for those that we love, for this earth. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Problem of Pain, has a little paragraph that he talks about suffering that I've always remembered. It struck a chord with me. And he says, The settled happiness and security which we all desire, God withholds from us by the very nature of the world. But joy, pleasure, and merriment, he has scattered broadcast. We are never safe, but we have plenty of fun and some ecstasy. It is not hard to see why. The security we crave would teach us to rest our hearts in this world and oppose an obstacle to return to God. Oh, a few moments of Happy love, a landscape, a symphony, a merry meeting with our friends, a bath or a football match have no such tendency. Our Father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends, but will not encourage us to mistake them for home. There are a lot of things that we can enjoy, but the contentment we desire and we seek is yet to be revealed in us. And so we need to persevere and patiently wait for that hope. And in the meantime, recognize that you and I have been adopted. We bear his name. We call ourselves Christian, which means little Christ. That day is coming when he's going to pick us up. And that's why we wait with hope. That's why we persevere. Because I can't wait for that day. In fact, it's not worth comparing to anything that we go through. That's great news. That's something we can hold on to. That's something that we can wait for and persevere to receive. We need the right perspective. We need to keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
Father, we indeed do have those moments where we are able to enjoy, laugh, love, get glimpses of what you have for us. But Lord, they are scattered. They are not consistent. In between comes the hurt and the sorrow and the pain. In between, we deal with the corruption of this world. And we, like all of creation, groan and can't wait for the redemption of our bodies. Until that time, may we keep hope alive. May we persevere. May we have patience. May we, like Paul, consider the glory that is to be revealed in us and recognize that we cannot compare it to the things that we are going through. And Lord, if there are those here who are unable to see the glory that you are going to reveal in them, if they still compare it and and say the suffering is too much, Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, you would open their eyes to see, that you would give them hope Help them to recognize hope is something that we wait for. And I pray by your Holy Spirit, Lord, you would begin to peel away those things that are to be revealed in them until that day when you finally redeem us completely. But God, we need hope. And we need to patiently wait for you. And I pray you would help us to do so. We do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.